Janita Stanton, we have Reginald Perryman, Shaka Williams, and we are to sorry. This is the There's Something About Real Estate podcast where we talk all things real estate. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. What's going on? Not much. We I was with y'all. It's everything. Night. You can't say nothing. When people ask me what's going everything, on, I say everything. Everything. everything going that's what you're saying. Yeah, everything. Because it's always everything. I guess you're right. It was. It has been a lot of things uh, going on. We coming in right at um, this Thanksgiving, Black Friday, yeah. biggest party season of the year, supposedly. Fuck Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ain't getting me out them lines, man. man. Excuse my language. But yeah. I remember when I didn't even know what Black Friday was. Somebody, I think uh, we were still at, you know, Ryan's office at Century 21 out there in yeah. Southfield. And they was like, oh, we're going Black Friday shopping. I'm like, what's that? Was and it I, a Black Friday when we was younger? I don't remember. I don't know if it was. I don't know. I, I don't didn't. I didn't like hear about mother, it until like two thousand and four. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, my my mother. I don't think she could afford to shop at the end of the month. So it was like Christmas was like we was lucky. Like right. on the twenty third, <laughs> you'd be like, "Oh, it's some presents there now." <laughs> the tree just there. <laughs> you like, I must have been bad all year. <laughs> Then on the 23rd, 24th, you'd be like, oh, Jesus, thank God. You are not supposed to get gifts before Christmas Eve. Well, I'm saying it wasn't no presents under the tree. The tree would just be there. Yeah. Send it in, deliver them. Yeah. yeah. No, but you know, some people, they, they had a tree up and yeah. the presents right. be there like on the 15th Them are people stuff. that don't be playing, playing Santa Claus. Well, he talking about at an older age. How old are you talking about? I'm just talking about as a kid, period. Uh, right. I'm about to say, I'm still, I'm 10, still 11, 12. Adult kids wait till Chris Sherrill be at the house like, can we please open a gift? <laughs> oh, no. <nah>. 32. <laughs> I don't even, I, man, after I got about like, once I got to be a teenager, like <clears throat> 15, 16, I didn't even want to open gifts. Because I was like, oh, just socks. <laughs> like y'all could just I come back and get it like, right. yeah, I don't need to be pressed and stuff but then people start giving little gift cards and stuff like that oh okay yeah. money yeah. Yep. yeah so um y'all wanna jump into this this show yes, yeah that's what we're here for oh, okay uh, you wanna give us these market updates cause I don't have none I ain't bring no market updates I just know the market's still good okay yeah People always, like, you want to pay attention to the stats and everything, mm. but either you buy when you can afford to buy or you selling when you need to sell. And that's, that's always. That's you know, always. That's, that's right. never going to change. But for our investors, you do have to pay attention to the signs. So, mm. like, if you're buying a flip right now, you need to be aware of the direction the market is going. So pay more attention to your active and pending sales than you do your sold sales. Because if more properties coming up, they sitting on the market longer, which is normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but we gonna, we gonna well, cover that detail from a different perspective. But yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, yeah so yeah, you you want to pay attention to the market, but it's it's not doom and gloom. We talked about that on previous show. It's not doom and gloom like people say. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. we we still making money in real estate. Period. So. Mm-hmm. Right. 
All right. So um, we were kind of talking about a little bit of Zillow, like kind of getting out of that fix and flip business or that I buy program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, if it's not profitable and then I think really I think Zillow got hit by the timing because, you know, what I'm saying everything got on lockdown. You had contractor delays. They probably could have been successful with it. I think they could have done it, but I just think the timing was off. And then a lot of people get into real estate when it's extremely good, and their mm-hmm. expectations get, mm-hmm. they be like way up here with it, and you be like, no, nah, it ain't going to be like that forever. So either you got to milk it when it's good and get all you can so you can survive the tough times, or you got to have a solid plan that works in every market, and most people don't do that. So what do you think about this? Um, shoot, it just left my head. <laughs> well, I got something to say about the Zillow. I just think that they probably didn't partner up with the right people. Cause you still got to have boots on the ground. Yeah. You got to have people that are aware of their area. You can't take yeah. the same model and just make it uh, uh, U.S.-wide. Right, you know right. What I mean? Yeah, and then you got to have access to good contractors. You yeah. got to... Contractors different in every state. Mm-hmm. Cost of labor is different. Materials different. Weather conditions are different. Yep. Did any of y'all get a call from uh, Zillow? Mm-mm. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, they didn't call the right people. <laughs> <laughs> no, they called me to uh, sell me zip codes. Right. Yeah. So I can advertise. No, they wanted to flip. They they didn't make the right phone call. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's something that could have been done. And it's a lot of like large investors that do it nationwide but um but most of most of the larger investors i i know of are doing more buying holes they're not mm-hmm. really buying and flipping on like we're gonna buy 200 houses and flip mm-hmm. them all at once you know they'll they'll accumulate a number of properties over a period of time but that's as the deals come up they're not just going out yeah, buying them in bulk. Mm-hmm. Unless it's some of these people buying like the tax sale properties, and they fix the ones that make sense, and then they unload the ones they cherry pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was reading though that they didn't quite get out of it, but they did partner up with mm-hmm. another um, corporation. Okay. To so that they still can offer those cash um, offers yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but they don't have the same buy and flip model that they had before, do they? I don't think so. I don't okay. know. I, I didn't go into it <clears throat> that much, but, you know, it was just like, okay, you know, seeing a pretty major corporation kind of like partner up with another company, like, okay, maybe we won't shut the doors completely. It's, you know, like on this program, we'll still right. be able to do it, but through this other entity. Right. It's, it's always going to—so, like, the whole cash for homes thing— it's always a good, um, let me say, a good fishing rod, right? Mm-hmm. So you put cash for homes out there. So, like, when you see, like, Simple Sale or, um, like, Home Light Simple Sale, um, <clears throat> it's a few other companies out there. Sell your home in 72 hours and all of that stuff. That's attractive. But, like, there's companies out there that will they'll advertise, like, sell your home, cash if we don't buy it here's three realtors right Mm -hmm. and then they'll refer you to three realtors and then they're charging the three realtors a referral fee Mm -hmm. right but then they're expecting the realtors to also give you a discount on commission so they may say um 
they'll have us compete. So like when you go in and put your proposal in, it'll say, what's your commission? You will say 1%. And then 1% at your mouth, then another person will say another. Usually the seller go with the cheaper person, mm. right? But if we're talking the average home is two fifty, three hundred thousand, you're talking about a one percent discount. That's that's a lot of money if you're paying it out of pocket, but in the grand scheme, if it's coming off the closing costs, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a difference. So what type of service are you gonna get if people keep discounting? You get what you pay for. Price. Yeah. You're getting discounted service, you're getting a discounted a, yeah. a cheap realtor. Yeah. Mm. And and the thing is which the reason I brought that up, most people don't understand numbers. Like I I have somebody to say, um, all right, I'm gonna sell my home cash because I don't wanna pay all the fees, mm-hmm. right? And they might have like a hundred and seventy thousand dollar home and they may sell it to like a cash for homes company or something like that for one thirty. Mm-hmm. Now this is I'm not talking about distress sale. I'm talking about a property that's retail ready. Yeah, I want to pay all the talking fees. Talking about for so, sale by owner. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. cash and all of that. And I'm like, your fees are not that much. You got your commission and then your title company fees. So you willing to give somebody you willing to give somebody thirty, forty thousand dollars off the home just to avoid paying commissions and real estate fees. And the two don't even add up. Yeah. But some people, and it don't, a lot of times, it don't even be about the timing. It just be, they just, in their mind, they think the fees are so much more, and they just want the convenience. Yeah. So I think that um, because it's so many, they see so many realtors that aren't, that don't know what they're doing, so they don't right. trust realtors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just like anything, and um, I think we was talking about that a couple of weeks ago, how it was a point in the time when I was in real estate. And I didn't want to tell nobody I was in real estate because right. everybody was in real estate. You know what I mean? It's like that now. It's like that now. That's what I mean. It's the same thing with the uh, realtor. Everybody is a realtor. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like literally everybody is a realtor. I'll tell you about the time <laughs> I was at the gas station and I came out. It was a, a like a dent on my back of my car and somebody left me a note and was like, um, you know, I had to run, but call me if whatever the cost is, we'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. So I dialed the number, and it just went, like, straight to voicemail. So I went to send a text, and the person was already in my phone. It was a damn realtor. <laughs> I'm like, what's the chances of this, right? So, yeah. To us, it seemed like everybody's in real estate. To the outside world, it's not really mm-hmm. the case. We just know a lot of people in it. And we like, True. That's our and stuff. then we probably mm-hmm. be like, how'd you get in it? You know right. what I'm saying? But I feel like last year, um, a lot of people, a lot of realtors were potentially, you know, a little worried that we wouldn't have jobs due to Zillow, Amazon, Redfin, you know, some of these companies coming in yeah. and, you know, selling houses. They, they always threatening our business. So, like, the um, our industry, rather. So, like, you look at, um, you look at, like, the travel industry, right? And then you'd be like, Okay, you can just go on Orbitz or Expedia and book your book your whole vacation pretty much. Whereas you used to go to like a travel agent and do that. But travel agents are still around. You just don't see them as much as you used to. But real estate is a little bit more difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. Like how long does it take you to close a deal? 21 to 40, 60 days. How <laughs> long does it the person? How long does it take you to um 
coordinate and organize your vacation to like, I don't know, Hawaii or something like that. Week. Right. You can go online and put it all together, look for the cheapest flights. Mm -hmm. You can probably do, you could do that in real estate, but what people miss out on is who's controlling the emotions, mm. who's controlling the egos. And that's why you need that middle person. I don't think you can do it in real estate, though. I feel like uh, most people, not everybody, but mm -hmm. the majority of people that are uh, buying or selling aren't right. fully informed. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they do need a, a, they need a professional. You know what I mean? They need yeah. a, somebody who know what they're doing, who understands the market. Um, they, they, they are very emotional. You know yeah. what I mean? The people yeah. buying or, or the people selling, the, the client is very emotional. So, yeah. I don't think they can navigate. Most people can't navigate a, a real estate transaction without the, uh, the assistance of a realtor. Right. I I think it can. I honestly think it can be done because people do it. Mm -hmm. I just think the majority of people yeah. can't. Mm -hmm. So if we just if we all backed out of the industry and said there's not going to be a middle ground, you would still get people buying and selling them home, mm -hmm. their homes themselves, and you'll get people that will go and get the education and what they need. But then you'll get a lot more um, attorneys involved, too, because a lot more people will say, I need somebody to read the contracts, whatever the case may be, right? And they will end up paying out, out of pocket a lot more than what mm -hmm. a realtor but, would charge. You're talking about still having, like, representation. In some of these scenarios where the companies are coming in and they're facilitating the entire deal, it's like what Shaka said, they don't have necessarily boots on the ground, so they're not offering the highest service. Mm -hmm. Right. They're going to get but, screwed over. Yeah. yeah. And so that's sometimes, that's why I feel like, so it's like when we was talking and I was like, you know, we had this problem, you know, in probably the early 2000s with like your for sale by owner dot coms and, you know, every, mm -hmm. like all, we had like an upsurge of discount brokerages. Right. Where it was like, you know, you flat fees, you know, minimum cost and things like that um, just for like MLS entry. And um, we felt like, you know, kind of the same, like, you know, a little shook. Like, okay, we're probably not going to have no jobs here pretty soon. How are we going <laughs> to compete with these major companies? But then here, look here 20 years later, it's still a lot of realtors mm -hmm. around, a lot of realtors still thriving off of their jobs. And, you know, I just kind of felt the same feeling like last, pretty much like your last year. Yep. When when it was like, okay, all these people, because like, people were talking about it like, yeah, y'all hear Amazon getting ready to start selling houses? Shit, what we going to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a sustainable model. That's what that's what happens. Well, Discount brokerages, that's not a, you can't make money doing that. You can't. You, the, Long term. I think the only way it's really going to happen on a large scale, it has to be, it has to be uniform contracts, like state by state. Like here, Every real estate broker got their own mm -hmm. contract. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that we got that's like across the board, the same thing is our agency disclosure. Mm -hmm. And our seller's disclosure is pretty much the same. And may, most of our lead-based paint disclosures. All our contracts are different, broker to broker. We got several boards here. Some states only have one or two boards, uh, different MLS services. The, uh, it has to. It would have to be something that's cookie cutter across the board, mm -hmm. or per state, so somebody can say, "I know exactly what this says because it doesn't change, right?" But the the discount brokers, 
the third parties and all of these that came in, it's always it's always easy when the market is good. But as soon as the market turn and you got okay, this most of our sellers don't even know what's on title. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They go to sell a house, you do a private inspection. Now, I ain't fixing that. It was like that when I got it. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't deal, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like how negotiating repairs, repair credits, what the lender will allow, what the lender won't allow, um, city inspections, what happens if it doesn't appraise. I mean, it's it's a lot that it's goes too many process. too many intricacies, you know. Yeah. You need to have you a professional. Yeah. To, yeah. The deals that will work in that scenario are the deals where you're not gonna have any issues. Where it's just that. So I think the only way they can do it is if every sale is just as is. Yeah. That's, yep. that's it. You buying this house yeah, as like, is. Like the house is sitting on the shelf at a store almost. Like a used car or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You just buying it. Hey, this is what you get. You How much you want to pay for it? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do no inspections and none of that stuff. You yeah. Know what I mean? Just buying a house as is. That's the only way it'll work. And mm-hmm. then, but then you got other stuff like here, our EMD disputes. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Too like much. we when we had the banks coming through and they would put like properties on auction.com or stuff like that. Or even just the bank on properties, you put money on deposit, they want you to deposit the money out of title mm-hmm. company. You back out for no reason. Your money just sitting there and the bank feel like they're entitled to it because of the way the contract read, but then our state law says something different. You still mm-hmm. need a mutual release. Mm-hmm. So it's just like all these little nuances. How do you navigate that? How do you navigate somebody taking your house off the market for 30 days and then backing out? Yeah. Or in different states, if they if they financing don't get approved, they still lose their EMD. Mm-hmm. Well, here it's different. You know what I'm saying? The so, liaison between the, the realtor and the um, the title company and mm-hmm. the realtor and the lender. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if, if they use anybody else outside of a realtor, if they use an attorney, they're going to spend way more money. I guess in some deals they could spend a little bit in the clean deal like you explained. You'll start getting flat fee yeah. attorneys. Yes. Where they yeah. say, we handle your transaction for, you know, $3,000 or something like yeah. that. Well, it, but it, I, I guarantee until you. Until you start negotiating, until, yeah, yeah, right? Until you're having your issue, yes. Then it's yeah. going to increase. So they end up spending more. So like on a $200,000 house, typical commission around mm-hmm. $6,000, you'll end up spending more than that using an attorney if you had, like you said, you had to start actually negotiating. We, then all the realtors are going to go and become attorneys. attorneys right? the, good real, the good realtors, right? Mara, you're you working on it. The good realtors are either going to become paralegals or attorneys, mm-hmm. and the attorneys are going to say they're going to let the paralegals handle majority of the work and yep. pay them, right? Yep. So that's if you're smart, right? Yeah. So the the thing with the, the attorney fee is, yeah, it'll work, but then when you get to negotiating some of the hard stuff, the mm-hmm. cost going to go up. And then the busier the attorneys get, the less responsive they're gonna get. I got a client now in probate. They haven't. They've been trying to contact their attorney for three weeks, mm-hmm. just to get, just to get the file submitted to the court. Now we still gotta wait on the court. The deal about to die. We had that same <laughs> issue. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the attorney not gonna be able to tell you how much you should price your house for. 
They're not gonna be able to tell you what the market is. They just gonna like. say get an appraisal. Yeah, yeah. you, you don't spend money on an appraisal when you could have got evaluation to gauge mm -hmm. what what the value was before mm -hmm. you spent money on the appraisal. Then the buyer's gonna get an appraisal, mm -hmm. and they can't use yours, so the mm -hmm. buyer got to get an appraisal because of the loan. Costing and, yourself more money. Yeah. Than than the commission you should have paid in the, in the beginning. Right. Well, it don't matter. I'll be retired by then. I probably, I, I probably own part of Zillow or something or one of them companies. For sure. No wonder he's sitting here trying to. Never mind. No. <laughs> I did. I did have Zillow stock though. It went up and it paid a pretty penny. Then it went down. I had to short, short it. I went in and traded it. And so let's talk about uh, where did all the gurus go? Guru. Uh, the, guru, the real estate guru, not the, not the, uh, despicable me, guru. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wonder too. Like, Instagram was heavy last the last two years, and I this, but this happened every time. So like, when we get a when people have like a surplus of money, you get the economy good. Everybody's coming out because it's like they're trying to suck all the money out you, right? Mm -hmm. When the market is real down, they know people desperate. They come and they like, oh, are you facing foreclosure? This, this, and that, and they trying to get you to invest to get you out of that. They plan on your emotions mm -hmm. and whatever desperate situation you're in. But it's just like, I don't know if it's just my feed or whatever. I don't see certain people. I don't see the the abundance of posts about Forex and Bitcoin and crypto and oh, real big, estate gurus. Trouble. Like somebody just, uh, FTX. The FTX, or, yeah. yeah. Like it's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell people, read The Creature from Jekyll Island. It's about the Federal Reserve and the monetary system. And you would you would have never, you probably would have never invested in Bitcoin the way you did or the amount you did, or you would have been skeptical all along until you got some answers. Mm -hmm. Because our dollar is back, is not backed by gold, but the world respects it. The US government has relationships that make the dollar valuable, right? But that can all change overnight, but it's not likely. With crypto, the world's starting to respect it, but like we've seen, it can it could change overnight. Yeah. You still got but, a lot of people that's so um this one guy, you ever hear the big business guy? Mm-hmm. Um so he's like him yeah, I'm like, are you still into um you know, fixing and flipping and real estate. But his whole thing right now is trying to get you to sign up and take this Bitcoin program. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> he, cause he was always, he was showing like the properties he's reinvesting in mm -hmm. and, and rehabbing and stuff for people. Every, everybody has their niche, but then you can't knock nobody for, for going into something different, but it's like, you do have to question sometime. Like I was following uh, Graham Stephen and Meet Kevin mm -hmm. on um, YouTube, and they both started out real estate. Both of them was agents. They was fixing and flipping, and they wasn't. Then all of a sudden, like they just started giving all this stock advice, mm. and then they was um, uh, Meet Kevin was doing the FTX stuff. They were like affiliate partners, so they was getting paid to promote mm -hmm. that stuff. And now it's just be like silence. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you just got to be careful. You just got to really, um, it's hard to gauge people that you don't know personally. 
Like I know Jason Brown personally. We mm-hmm. hang out, do stuff. We mm-hmm. hung out before. Mm-hmm. So like I know where he was, I know what he has, and I know what he teaches me works. Mm-hmm. But then it's like when I just meet some random person on the internet, I can't I can't tell if they're making money selling courses or if they making money doing what they're actually teaching. So I think what happened with the gurus is that the market changed and then they don't know what to do because they've never been here before. Yeah. So now they yeah. got to be quiet, right? Yeah. They, they what you call front runners or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Once everything is all good, yeah, you can talk on it. You can speak on it. Right. Then, but uh, when everything is not as good, this is where the real, the people that actually do understand yeah. real estate um, flourish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's where, we pretty much take over more market share, right. you know what I mean? Because we were sharing so much of it with people that didn't know what they were doing. Those people gonna fall by the wayside because they didn't, they never knew what they were doing. Right. And now it's our opportunity to uh, capitalize on more uh, market share. Right. You know what yep. I mean? So that's our game plan for 2023, right? Get more market share. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so I was wondering though, when it comes to like the gurus and public speaking and like coaches, those are all kind of pretty much like synonymous. Do you guys like mm, agree with that? Not or is really. It a different. Nah, nah. Okay. A coach, and this is just my opinion. No, not okay. Go ahead. So a coach, a coach, a coach don't necessarily need to be seen. They're they are trying. They are trying to get clients. But a coach is like one-on-one holding you accountable for whatever you say your goals are and all of this, right? So they're really trying to get you to wherever it is you're trying to achieve in life. They're not being your friend. They're not just giving you advice. They got an action plan for you. They're holding you accountable for it. Some of the public speakers and the gurus, they're just putting out information even though it's recycled. But they're selling you maybe a course or something that they got. And some of them might be coaches. But I think a lot of the gurus we see, some of them have actually done it. And they're selling you their formula and their system. But a coach is with you from beginning to end. And regardless of what the market is, as soon as the market shifts, they switch and adapt. Some of these gurus or the speakers just there to motivate you. Right. The guru, when the market shift, then they message might change or whatever it is. They're just selling you hype. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? This is what I did in this situation. But a coach is there regardless. It's consistent market shift. OK, we need to change direction here. We need to change the play in the game. Mm-hmm. Is basically do right. we do we think that they're gonna be because I'm wondering like do you feel like um or is that still gonna be like sustainable because like you said um sometimes when you're take when these when people are coming to you and saying okay well we can teach you how to fix and flip or we can teach you how to use other people's money or we can teach you this so now like you said okay well did these people actually make money doing this or do they just want to sell me a course or do they just want to like sell some tickets and sell out a stadium for me to come. And and listen to what they believe works, and then like, is this still gonna is that still gonna be like a real viable business, or do you think we're gonna see that stuff kind of going away or slowing down? It's always it's gonna come back, but it's already slowing down though. Yeah, it's already going away and slowing down. That's mm-hmm. what he that's what he was pretty much was saying. Like right. you're not seeing the the uh, reels or whatever you're watching on Instagram, uh, the stories. What is yeah, it? or all of that. All, of all that. social media. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Like you can find us on all social media platforms, Spotify, <laughs> Amazon, iHeart, <laughs> Amazon Music, all that good stuff. But yeah, all social media. I feel like, um, you know, the, the people that weren't really doing it, yeah, mm-hmm. they're just going to fall off. Because here's the, what's happening. Um, so it's always that tail end. When the market is good, but then it starts shifting to bad, mm-hmm. whatever you just learned three, four months ago is no longer working. So now you're seeing a lot of people losing their money, right? So the coaches can't come out with that same message. So now they got to change their message. But what do they change it to? If the market is continuing to shift, then when the market gets to like a low point, then everybody comes back out and starts selling people a dream of getting rich. Mm -hmm. When everybody got money, it's just like, oh, you can 10x your money. But when everybody broke, it's like, no, I don't need to 10x my money. I just need to get some money. Mm-hmm. So the message changed from be um, generational wealth to just getting rich. Right. So you they go back and forth from there. I'm going to say something about, so you said when the market is good. but mm-hmm. So the market is always good, though, It right? is. So when we're saying that, you're talking about when the market is good for the sellers. No, when the market is good for the novice. Okay. Yeah. So okay. when mm-hmm. when the market is good, when all right. So let me go back. What I'm saying when I say the market is good, I mean like somebody can get their real estate license and come in and with little to no skills still do Make pretty money. decent. Mm-hmm. When someone says, um, "I took this course online and they showed me how to fix and flip a property." With little to no skill, they'll luck up and get a property or two from an agent, wholesaler, mm-hmm. or whatever. They just followed the formula. So when I say a good market, I mean where almost everything is working. Mm-hmm. Now that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You really have to, if you're doing fix and flips, you really have to make your house tight. You can't just get by with just all handyman work. You know what For I'm sure. saying? You can't just, you can't buy a house and overpay by 20000 and make it up on the back end. That's not going to work in this market because it's not appreciating. So that's for all the sellers. That's what I mean. You get what yeah. I'm saying? So the market was good. Yeah, you could be, as long as you own a piece of property, you can make some money off of it, right? Right. Pretty much. You know what I mean? You right. Can, um, on the seller side. So the buyer was taking the short end of the stick then, right? Because they was getting uh, technically overpriced properties. Um, they were buying properties. They would have to negotiate above asking price for properties that probably weren't worth that number based right. on the uh, the workmanship of the of the construction. Yeah. And um, so yeah, the market was good for everybody then. The market right. is still about to be good for everybody now. Uh, those same people, I feel like, can come in and still make money. You just gotta actually uh, do work now. Yeah, you got to have a different skill set. Mm. You, you got to act. So, like, what I'm saying is, like, our formulas, and I'm, you use a formula, too, when right. you're doing it. So, because we use our formula, it doesn't matter what's happening in the market. We're still, if we stay uh, steadfast with our formula, we're still going to make money. Right. Right? Because like our, you, our money's not going to change. Could, so, you could take the same house, the same exact house, and make the same profit mm. in any market. The difference is how much you pay for it. Mm-hmm. And probably how much you invest into it. So, like, you take 123 Jane Street in the market 2020, right? Where by the time you're done, the value increased by 10 or 15,000, right? You take that same house and now, you probably wouldn't want to pay as much for it, right? Oh, you know what? 
but you got the same rehab formula. You got the same um, system for fixing and flipping it, everything, mm -hmm. right? You probably got the same type of financing you're doing. Everything's the same system works. Mm -hmm. It's just you might have a different purchase price, entry point. Some of the numbers just have to change, yeah. but you can still make the same profit. So we're about to go more into that in the next episode. My bad. I didn't mean to uh, no, go cool. into that. Uh, no, Janita, I forgot that's our next episode. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, we can just leave after this. No, right. um, no, no, no. So what do we learn? Um, are realtors going to lose their jobs probably ever to discount brokerages or the online dealers? No. Nah, I, I, I'm I not going to say it's impossible. I just don't think it's likely um, for realtors to go away, period. Because people, so a lot of people, the bad rap comes from the salesperson side of the mm -hmm. realtor. But the the benefit most people overlook is the consultation side. Like I have, I have clients that'll be like, they got 13000 over asking price. And then the inspection come back and it'd be like, oh, we want the seller to fix um, some windows. Maybe it's $1,500 in repairs. And they were like, well, can the buyer just accept the repair credit? And then buyer's like, no, I want it done because the buyer don't know contractors. They don't. And the seller was like, what do you think we should do? I'm like, fix the damn <laughs> windows. Right. But without, that seemed like common sense, right? But it's not. But when you... When you think about it, you have some sellers be like, I ain't fixing nothing, mm -hmm. but you just got 13000 over asking price. Now the buyers just grown. They like, forget it then. I, you know, so how do you hold the deal together if there's nobody, there's no consultant? In, there's in no the realtor. Room? If there's no realtor, right. it's not going to work. So that's why I say no. It's not. It's, I don't even, I feel like it's impossible. I don't feel like they can, um, uh, like you just said, it's too many intricacies in the, in a deal right. for you to be using, have no representation, right. you know what I'm saying? Or your, the attorney be your only representation. They're, they're, they don't know about the market. They're not realtors. Well, some, sometimes I think, sometimes I think realtors get in the way too. Mm. Cause sometimes depending on what we interject into our client's mind, can determine the outcome, right? So this is just like having kids. Mm -hmm. Sometimes kids that keep coming to you, daddy did this, she did that. But sometimes when you just let them play by themselves, they'll work it out. And I think, and I'm not saying all the time, <laughs> mm -hmm. but there, there's, there will be a percentage of buyers and sellers that can do their own deals. I'm not naive. I know that can happen. Very small it happens. for sure. But it's such a small percentage that... It's it's not going. If if you took us out of the equation, the economy would change. Mm -hmm. Just because who's who? It's like seven to fourteen people eat off of one real estate transaction, right? Who's directing all that traffic? Who's who's controlling it? Who's saying, "All right, I dealt with this company before, and I dealt with this company. This is not the company you want to go to." Most people will find out the hard way. Gonna be a lot of lawsuits. So, the yeah, get a lot of a lot more money for the attorneys and yeah. the courts. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. So that's what I was going. To, my uh, last question is going to be here. Uh, how does a person go about finding a good real estate agent? Just call me. I'll tell you the yeah. best real estate. <laughs> Listen to <laughs> the podcast. Time. Yeah. Just call me. They, they, Don't even worry about that it. That is not how you. I find got it. you. 
Yeah, just call me. I'll find uh, in any state, any city. How do you find a good realtor? You got to inter- you can interview them. Uh, you can interview them. Uh, yeah, I would say I would recommend interviewing several realtors. Uh, kind of seeing what they um, have some questions put together. Depends on what side you're coming from. Uh, the questions whether you, whether or not you're the buyer or the seller. But I would just say interview a few realtors and then ask for. You can't even ask for referrals though. You right. can you can right. ask for referrals from people that that use realtors, or if you went and got pre-approved first, ask your loan rep who do they recommend because they know who they had a a, a six who they had successful transactions with, right? Mm-hmm. It's best to ask people that do this on a regular basis. You ask your friend that may buy one or two houses in their entire life, then that's different than asking um, a friend that's an investor who buy and sell properties all the time. If you ask a mortgage rep who who they know, they're going to refer you probably to the top realtors they work with, right? So I think that's a better way of doing it. But my advice is don't base it just off personality. A lot of people get so, oh, I like her. Her energy is good. Or I like him. His energy is good. Or he seems like he's real. That's good. That feeling is good. But start looking at the track record, right? Like whatever you produce. If somebody show up in front of me and they just like, they just mellow kill. They not like extra happy. They not smiling all the time. That's good to have, right? But if they show me, hey, I saw they sold ten homes in my neighborhood. They all sold at asking price or above. Versus the person that's coming just smiling in my face that make me feel good, that sold three properties the whole year, I I need to go where the the juice is. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so you're saying not to so the cousin that just bought a house and she she really enjoyed her real or had a really good real estate experience or I mean, not saying it was like a simple process, but right. her her agent or his agent did them. They felt like they did a really good job. They don't use that person. No, they should consider that person. But you should you should always interview three realtors. There you go. No. Just always, especially if you are a seller, you should interview. Well, three I disagree. Realtors. All of my past clients, when y'all send send y'all people my way, just have them only interview me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if they, if they interview three realtors, and you you're probably gonna still be the best realtor. Probably. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. Uh, yeah, interview three realtors. You know what I mean? Um, what about going on Facebook? You can... That's where... I mean, not, that's um, where most people get ready to... They in their bed. It's like, oh, I want to buy a house. And then they go on Facebook and they type a... Uh, I need a realtor. I'm going to tell you... I'm going to tell you what to do on Facebook. If you put in there, I need a realtor, and people start giving you names... Like, let's say I go in there and say, I need a realtor. And Shaka be like, oh, contact Janita. My first question is, when did Shaka buy a house? Mm-hmm. If Shaka brought a house back in 95 and hasn't brought a house since, then I got to say, okay. But then Miguel go on there and say, um, call such and such, call Chandra. And Miguel just brought a house in the past year or so. I might have to consider that because there's a different experience there. It's a different market. Mm-hmm. So, And you have a lot of people on there they never brought a house, and they just put names out there. They just see somebody. Because it's just people they know, yeah, right? That's why I was saying the referral stuff is hard because, like, I can't. I'm scared to refer uh, lenders. No, you know what I'm saying, and title companies. 
I don't want to refer nobody. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, because as soon as you refer them, uh, they're not doing a good job. You know what I mean? Um, and you are, you know, when we're professionals, we are referring them based on what you just said, yep. the experience that we had. But we may have had one good experience. Now I refer them. I got two bad experiences now. Right. You know what I mean? So you got to interview your own. Uh, you got to interview the realtors. Maybe right. you can put that post on Facebook. And then uh, take three of those realtors and interview them. Yeah, if the same name keeps showing up, like different people keep referring, mm. that's a good indicator because now you got multiple people saying this person is Just good. popularity. I don't think that's a good yeah, indicator. Yeah, popularity. Either. Yeah. I feel like you got to interview the, the realtors. And if you do go to, if you do, go check out their Facebook page and see what they're about, kind of get an idea of their personality mm. and see if that's a person you want in your house. For sure. Or, yeah, in your house, period. Because either way, they're going to be in your house. Right. All right. Yep. Well, All right. like, follow, subscribe. And share. And share, <laughs> please. That's a wrap. Well.